Hey, what's going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Studio Experience Podcast. And Joe, great to have you joining, man. It's always fun having you here. It's always a pleasure. It's always a blast. Thanks for always having me, Adam. Yeah, man, this new season has been a lot of fun. We've covered a lot of territory already. I love what we've been able to talk about. Yeah, same. It's uh, We've had some amazing guests. We've talked about some crazy, crazy topics like Atmos and mm-hmm. how that's changing <laughs> the industry already. And yeah, we're just trying to stay on top of things and make sure everything we find out, we're able to share with everyone listening. That's, that's the exciting part about all this. Definitely. It's been super fun to learn about a lot of stuff and share that with all of you. And hopefully you all are enjoying the new music I've created for this season too. <laughs> it's, uh, it's oh, been fun. Yeah. yeah, Adam made some amazing, an amazing track for the intro and outro of the season. It's been fun getting into that and yeah. having it tie into the start of our episodes and bleed over. And I don't know, mm-hmm. I love it. It's, <laughs> it's a great contrast from the first season. Love it. Which was also fantastic. So, Joe, you're no slouch yourself with, with that track. Just, just but, working yeah. in my wheelhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Trying yeah. not to reinvent the wheel on that one. <laughs> right, sure. Yeah, so this new season has been great. We're excited for what's to come. And as far as today, we're going to be talking specifically, since this is another bonus episode, we're talking just about monitoring, not only the health of monitoring at a good level, but also kind of just practically speaking, you know, what that can mean for for you listening at different levels and maybe different durations. I know for me, Joe, the journey has been basically, I guess I would say louder to quieter over time where mm-hmm. at first, you know, you, you don't know what you're doing and you just want to crank stuff. And so that's fun. But then over time, I started realizing maybe some benefits and some even just engineering wise, some benefits to monitoring at a lower level and what you can then do when you maybe crank it a little bit and, you know, different things that that affords you. Has your journey been kind of static in your levels that you monitor or have you kind of moved around over time? Oh, I've definitely moved around over time, Adam. It's been, uh, it's been kind of that same journey. Mm-hmm. Loud, loud, loud. I mean, especially <laughs> when I first started engineering, you have no clue. Right. <laughs> and then if you ever intern at a studio and they've got the big, the big, big mains. Sure. <laughs> um, make sure you have earplugs with you. <laughs> oh, seriously. But yeah, no, it started off loud and my ears are sense. Well, I've been over the course of this journey that I've had in mixing. I have found my ears are very sensitive to loud noises. Not mm-hmm. just not just listening levels, but in the car or things like that. I actually loud noises kind of distract me. Yeah, for sure. And uh, my ears do get super super fatigued. So it was it's been a big learning process of like where I should monitor what my levels should be, what I'm listening for at each of those levels, and the time spent at each of those levels. And then if I do spend a certain time at a certain volume, how much time do I need to, to walk away mm-hmm. to clear the ears? Well, I'd be interested to know for you, do you think your sensitivity has developed because of your profession? Not just necessarily to like critical listening skill, but even just like, like you said, you know, loud noises kind of distract you and sort of take you out of a focused zone or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um I feel it's definitely true that as I've just developed my ear and my listening more, so then has my sensitivity to just certain frequencies and certain 
levels that are different from whatever the norm of the environment I'm in is. Yeah, for sure. And like, and I'm, I'm sure you and I have this both in common. We're both drummers. So anything that's not as loud as a drum kit is, is, is a relief. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> years and years of playing drums. I think I'm kind of over that level of volume. Oh, yeah. Being surrounded by it. And I, I kind of appreciate the quieter side. But the funny thing is I have the largest, most powerful monitors, speakers, <laughs> right. in my studio that I've ever had. And I monitor it at the quietest level I ever have. Uh-huh. And yeah. uh, it's a good compliment. I think the big speakers allow me to do that in a way. Yeah, I definitely... Man, I'm glad I wore the uh, amount of earplugs that I wore as a young drummer because fortunately I still have good hearing i could have ruined it because i did not know to take care of my hearing health nearly as much as i should have been yep yeah no i i definitely wore your plugs as well i'm glad i did so and hearing tests have confirmed i have not lost any hearing at all wow nice i just have a right ear that sits slightly lower than my left so <laughs> <laughs> that's funny uh, and i'm very sensitive to that Huh. So my so in my stereo field, I kind of tilt my head a little bit. How interesting. When I monitor, because I can hear the difference. It's like, it changes a little bit. Yeah, sure. But the thing I'm actually most aware of is when I talk on the phone. Hmm. Like having a phone up to your ear and you crank the volume on your phone and you're blasting what, like a 1K. <laughs> right. <laughs> into your right or left ear consistently. I, I know that's not good. Mm-hmm. So I actually, I actually wear earbuds all the time when I'm on the phone and keep it at a good volume and have noise cancellation on. So I'm not like, because if I do talk on the phone without it, I can feel that imbalance after like a 20 minute conversation on the phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I don't switch sides or something like that, I'll feel that in my ear. And then I go <laughs> sit down in the mix and I'm like tucking at my earlobe to make sure... <laughs> trying to find a balance again like yeah i know what you mean i do the, the same sounds thing terrible let me just adjust my ears <laughs> and convince myself it sounds better but yeah. it's that sort of like thing to clear out the ears a little bit right i'm always having to switch the phone left and right if there's a call that lasts very long at all for sure but yeah stuff like this i'm just headphones yep same same i try to i try to use the headphones all the time but like but i mean you're on headphones all the time, basically. Mm-hmm. Now, so what does that like look like for you as far as monitoring goes? And yeah, I guess that's probably like monitoring levels, which might be specific to to the headphones you're on. But what are some things like you've learned and things you do as far as that goes? Yeah, well, I don't have a super technical way to answer that question, but I do have a more just here's how the process has gone for me. And I would kind of go back to earlier times when I was, you know, still sort of figuring out monitoring levels that I preferred for uh, when I was on speakers. And I remember watching, this was back when I was still like kind of doing some recording and mixing so many years ago, but I remember watching this video with CLA and he was talking about the value of monitoring really quietly maybe even on NS10s since he was, you know, all about those for so long. But I remember he said something to the effect of if a track sounds loud when you're monitoring at a low volume, then it's going to sound even louder when the volume is turned up. And for me, the appeal was more so in how to get tracks loud because 
loudness wars and just trying to figure out as a younger engineer, trying to figure out how to get things to feel loud without, you know, taking up a ton of headroom. I was just trying to learn how to make things perceptually seem louder in a mix. And so that really, I latched onto that idea of like, oh, okay, I can monitor lower, try to make things sound loud there. Then it's going to just be explosive if you like really crank it up. So that had a lot of appeal to me from not necessarily a hearing health perspective as much as a mixing technique. But I then came to realize the health benefits as well of just consistently monitoring fairly low, at least compared to what I was used to. That really helped me without realizing it. That's when my sessions were able to go longer without needing a break, without needing to be done for the day. Because before I was just getting fatigued, you know, like within a couple hours. Once I started making that transition, I could go pretty much the whole day with, you know, just some occasional breaks to eat or get a drink or something. But so really that's that whole mentality has carried over into using headphones. I'm monitoring pretty low almost all the time. I'll occasionally turn something up, but I try to keep my level more or less consistent, which has become really important to me as well, because whenever you turn things up, you hear things a little differently. So it's kind of important for me from a quality consistency perspective to maintain a consistent monitoring level so that I sort of have the same hearing profile. So my monitor, uh, my DAC is always set to a specific number of output for my headphones so that whatever I'm working on, there's that consistency. So that's kind of like my general approach is monitor fairly quiet enough to be able to hear everything, of course. But and Joe, I'm sure for you, I know there's maybe a little bit more mentality on when to turn up, maybe if you're doing certain things. And I know some people like to turn way, way down to do certain things. Do you do that stuff when you're mixing? I do. So I kind of like time out my there's no formula to when I time out my breaks throughout the day. But if I'm like, okay, I'm going to go take a quick break to go eat something and make a coffee or whatever it is, I will then turn the monitoring up right before that and just give mm. it one pat, one listen. Okay. Pretty loud. And th- and what I'm looking for there is like my low end, basically. I'm turning up to feel the mix. Mm, right. More than to hear it. And then I'll go take my break, whatever that is. And that just helps clear out the ears right away. But mostly I'm monitoring at a somewhat moderate level. Because as things get louder, it's hard to hear the difference between the volume of different instruments in the mix. At least yeah, for that's me. Right. As volume gets turned up, I'm like, I can't tell if the vocal's too hot or not. And then you sort of want to keep turning it up to try to hear it more, yeah. but then you just keep the problem worsens. Yep, yep. So I turn it back down. <laughs> and uh, when I go to do automation rides, I really bring it down a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very, very quiet. I don't like switching to a, another set of speakers, which some people like to do for automation. But oh, no, I'll bring it down for automation rides pretty quietly so I can hear those volume moves very drastically, basically. If I can feel that move in a quiet monitoring level, it's going to be a good move. But yeah, normally I listen to mixes. I listen to reference mixes. I listen to just references on Tidal and Apple Music at the same volume, and then I'll quickly turn it up to hear the bass, hear that relationship of the low end, Mm. and then uh, it goes back down. Uh, I can mix for 12 hours without getting fatigued. Yeah. 
It's great. I definitely, I can, I can totally identify with that thing where you're in the, the big studio with the big mains and the client or the engineer wants to crank it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got to put in earplugs. I don't know how you guys are yeah, making that was decisions the right now. thing I hated, which is why I don't do, maybe this comes with age and I'm not that old. <laughs> yeah. Old man. <laughs> old man over here. That's why I didn't really like tracking so much. You'd go out in the live room and the drummer would be playing and you'd grab your earplugs really quickly, but you'd had that 10 seconds of exposure to a 13-piece drum kit. <laughs> right. <laughs> Full volume. And then you go in the control room and maybe in that studio, the isolation between the live room and the control room isn't that great. So you're cranking up either the headphones or the the monitors to overcome that bleed from the mm -hmm. live room to be able to hear. And by the end of a tracking session, I was just like, I mean, I would have better, been better off running a marathon. I probably would have felt better after a marathon. <laughs> oh man. But uh, I know what you mean. It's my ears were just done. I'd go, I'd get in the car to drive home and it's like all the windows closed. I didn't care what the temperature was. The fan wasn't running, no music. I just went quiet. <laughs> right. I don't, yeah. don't want to hear anything. And you could hear that, like, that ringing in your ears. And that's just the band wants the, the monitors up. They want to hear it. I want to monitor right. quietly, but they're talking behind me. And it's just, it's a studio environment. And it just wasn't for me. No, I, I know what you mean. I, I feel a pretty similar way. And I think different people are capable of operating in different ways. And, and two, sure. like if you're an engineer and you're concerned about this kind of thing, you need to put your health before other people in terms of like just wanting to have it loud. So don't be afraid to say like, this is harmful. I need to take care of myself if you feel like you're getting to that point. And maybe we could talk too a little bit about for, I mean, neither of us are like experts or scientists in this area, but there is a difference between hearing something loudly for a little bit versus over a long period of time, as far as like actual damage that can be done. There's discomfort, mm -hmm. but then there's damage. There's numbers, there's a chart, but basically it's yeah, like- Yeah, I remember reading something about that as well. Yeah, it's basically like if you're listening to something that's as loud as a jet engine, you can last like 10 seconds or something before there's going to be actual damage done but, you know, that's insanely, insanely loud. If you're listening to something like a drummer play at a pretty loud volume, you know, you can last several minutes and not really take on any actual damage to your hearing. But not saying that your hearing won't be impaired for the short time being afterwards. That's right. Or right, your decision yeah. making at that mm -hmm. point. Right. Which is valuable to keep in mind, too. Like if you are in that engineering situation, you'll have to be able to reset a little bit, but yeah, yeah I could not do that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'd get exposed to a drummer and I'd be like, that's it. I'm done. These drums are going to be <laughs> are what they are. I, I can't make any more decisions yeah. today. <laughs> Drum Drummer exposure. Oh, that's funny. But yeah, I mean, that's true. And you, you kind of need to know your own personal limits, but even, you know, in the quieter monitoring, and this is where I think we as engineers that do this on any sort of a consistent basis have to still be conscious. You may not necessarily be listening loudly, but prolonged exposure to even moderate levels can damage hearing if it's too much for too long. 
Like if you're talking about a eight hour day or a 12 hour day or something, then you still have to be really conscious of how loud you're monitoring strictly from a health and potential damage perspective, because that comes into play even at moderate levels. Mm-hmm. It definitely does. And then your perspective kind of goes away too. Mm-hmm. Right. Which uh, that's what we're paid to do is maintain perspective. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. We need to do what we can to be able to bring a realistic perspective that isn't hindered by hopefully, you know, not hearing stuff too much and kind of losing perspective of what sounds good, but also just perspective of like what it should sound like just listening to it in general without like ringing in your ears and without tons Mm -hmm. of uh, exposure to loud volume. So yeah, that's a great point. The only thing I wanted to mention before I forget is like Mm -hmm. monitoring to your room, the like the size of your room. I always like go back Mm -hmm. to the drummer thing all the time, but as a drummer, we're always told to play to the room. Mm. If it's a big room, you can play louder. If it's a small room, you can't play as loud. And I feel like with monitoring, it's kind of the same thing. Like, what's your distance to and from from the monitors? What's the size of your room? Mm-hmm. Um, and that plays a difference. Because, I mean, once you turn it up to a certain point, it's just not going to be practical anymore. You're just not going to be able to hear things. One, it might be just too loud in general. And that's a whole... That's one point. But the other thing is, like, the room may just be folding back in on itself. Absolutely. And you're not able to, and all of a sudden, maybe things that acoustically are great in your room at a certain monitoring level, once you've reached a certain threshold, start to fall apart acoustics in your room. And then you just, you don't even know what you're listening to anymore. Yeah, that's a great point. I will crank the volume up on the monitors and walk out of my room Mm. and just kind of clean the ears and do that, like, listening from it from another room perspective. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't do it very often, but it'll shed some light on like things that are out of balance in the mix, maybe. Right, yeah. Oh yeah, the vocal is definitely 3dB too hot sort of thing. Yeah, and that's actually something I found to be useful in the opposite direction of turning way down is are the same things that I thought were balanced still feeling balanced or not. And this was, you know, again, more in the mixing phase of my life, but you can sort of tell whether or not things are poking out more than they should be, too, or if it's not as prominent as you thought it was, because, you know, you kind of want to make sure whatever the priority in the production is, is in fact translating as the priority so that, you know, Mm -hmm. if you only hear a track kind of like quietly overhead in a grocery store like are the vocals still clear and intelligible or that i think it it can go both ways cranking up and turning down can sort of reveal different things that you may have thought were a certain way that may not actually be quite as much as you uh, thought they were at first Mm -hmm. yep 100 percent on that Yeah, so I think there's a lot of value to maybe different levels, but there's also an awareness you need to have, certainly when you're cranking, but the value too of knowing what home base is. Joe, do you have like a pretty consistent normal level that you go to or? Yep. And it's, I mean, it's based on kind of my ear. I know where it sits, but since I just recently changed my whole monitoring controller setup thing, moving to the Atmos setup with the Avid Matrix Studio and using an iPad as a controller, I kind of find that the volume that I've been liking to listen at sits at, what, minus 10 on the iPad slider. So I always go back to minus 10 then. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. when I was on the Apollos with the RME interface, there was a certain number that I always went to there as well. Mm-hmm. I had the Apollo Twin control the RME volume, and it was always at like 11 o'clock, I think, on the Twin. I had mm. it marked with a little piece of tape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing to keep in mind, too. Like, if you do switch monitors or, you know, start using headphones as well, like, really be conscious of what level you need versus maybe what sounds cool at first if it's a newer set because it can take a little bit to figure that out but you do want to you know just be sure that you're settling into a healthy level and that you're getting it i mean for me maybe even if it's not a new set of monitors if you're trying to figure out what's a good level for me it's really just like what's a level that gives me everything i need enough if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely does. Cool. So, man, I feel like that's uh, monitoring health. I mean, I feel like those are the main things, like I levels. I think those are the main health. things as well. I think we kind of covered at least just the extent of my knowledge and yeah, <laughs> on it. I think any more and we'd just be talking. <laughs> <laughs> right. I agree. Cool. Okay. Well, there we go. So that does it for this episode. And Joe, thanks for sharing your insight as always, my friend. Yeah, you too, Adam. Always appreciate it. Cool. All right. Thank you all for tuning in. And we'll be back next week with episode number nine. And we'll catch you then. Catch you then. Catch you then.